0: Yeah, Detroit is. I see why you stay in Detroit. It's a it's a fabulous
1: place. Oh yeah. Place. It's beautiful.
0: Beautiful place. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, western Michigan's not is kind of pretty.
1: Western Michigan's beautiful. Northern Michigan, parts of southeast Michigan are beautiful. If you get out of Detroit. But the 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 yeah, the area, the country around there is real pretty.
0: Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. problem is the is the is the Democrats running the motherfucker to tax you out of existence and make it a hellish nightmare to stay there. I was uh, amused by the Flint-Michigan water crisis recently. That was, uh, that was kind of funny, really. year and a half these people are drinking this water, and nobody in the administration thought it necessary to tell everyone except their own immediate family. Ha, <laughs> ha, Their immediate family were drinking boiled (laughs) bottled water for a year and a half, and everybody else just (laughs) (laughs) Lid. (laughs) That's great. God Almighty. All right, now, I guess we got to talk about something about weightlifting, don't we? All right, here's the official intro. All right, welcome to the podcast. We're here with Jonathan Sullivan, MD, PhD. He is running Gray Steel, as you can see his logo in the background, Gray Steel Strength and Conditioning in Farmington Hills up in the great state of Michigan. And uh, we're going to talk to Sully today about uh, just first one thing then another. What's going on?
1: What's going on?
0: Yeah, let's, let's, that's the way we start conversations here in Texas. Hey, what's going on? This gives you an opportunity to say,
1: Oh, you know, not much. Uh, everything's no, fine here. What's going on with you? got A whole, little, got a whole I- bunch of stuff going on. What's going we on? Got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Well, tell us about. So, um, this is uh, this is my gym, Gray Steel. It's a it's a three rack operation with a Olympic platform in Farmington, Michigan, as you said, and um, it's a growing strength and conditioning practice, a starting strength gym, thanks to you. And, Do, uh, uh, we get to
0: send Rogue an invoice for the advertisement. <laughs> sure, go I mean, ahead. Look behind you, right? You you say yep. that's in perfect focus, by the way. <laughs> right, your hair is out of focus. You're you're less Romulan looking today, but but my hair is always out of focus. It's out of focus, and Rogue is in pretty sharp focus. We've got some technical issues. Uh, Sullivan's laptop was manufactured, uh, in the late 1970s and there are optical quality problems with it. So we're just going to play like,
1: what we're going to do is
0: we're just going to pretend as though this is up to broadcast standards and just go ahead forward with it.
1: Okay. So, uh, so who do you train at gray steel?
0: Gray steel is, uh,
1: we're specializing in training people in their fifties and sixties and seventies and beyond. So we're very focused on training masters athletes here. Uh, we have a semi-private model of training. Um, we train two days a week. That's when we're open because as you know, I have a day job at least for the time being. Well, I think you ought to quit that. What's that? You ought to quit that. Yeah, I know. Quit I do. I, I know that. I know that uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, so the temptation is uh, the temptation is quite strong. I'm sure and it is. And if my practice keeps growing, if my coaching practice keeps going <laughs> this way, I'll have to give it due consideration. Well, um,
0: for those of you that don't know, uh, Dr. Sullivan uh, works in the ER at Detroit Free Hospital, or whatever they call that up there <laughs> the the Free County Hospital. Which means- Receiving hospital. Received, Detroit Receiving Hospital, which means that his hospital receives everybody we that's receive. been shot in, we receive. in essentially North America. And <laughs> if, I am I am shocked that they have not drafted you and deployed you to Iraq or Afghanistan. Because if there's anybody that knows how to put people back together after being destroyed by warfare- it is you.
1: Um, so, some of my colleagues did, in fact, serve in Iraq and Afghanistan. Did they um, talk
0: but, to you about that?
1: Um, <clears throat> the individual in particular that I'm thinking about doesn't talk about it much. He doesn't like to talk about it. Well, I'm sure uh, he doesn't. But yeah. all I'm
0: saying, did they come talk to you?
1: Did they did. they talk to you? Did I did they- my time... I did my time in the Marine Corps in the late 70s early 80s. But you weren't a doctor then. You weren't an I was not a doctor in, then, but net, in but, battlefield uh, triage like you are now. Sure, not long after we got into this clusterfuck in Mesopotamia and Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, I was contacted by the Navy recruiters and they said they'd be more than happy to commission me a naval medical officer and Let me go back and serve with my old Marine Corps buddies. Isn't that sweet? And I said, uh, you'd let me serve with them in Hawaii, right? And they said, well, not exactly. Not exactly Hawaii. So that conversation. You'd probably have to go
0: in as a captain, wouldn't you? uh,
1: They wanted to, they told me lieutenant commander, but. Was that right? Yeah. What is that? recruiters. Recruiters.
0: I don't know navy rank. What is navy rank? Lieutenant commander is that the equivalent uh, of lieutenant a lieutenant
1: commander? Is like a that's lieutenant. like colonel. a captain, isn't it? Uh, no, it's like a major. Commander is like a lieutenant colonel, and uh, captain's like a colonel. Huh. So, yeah. well, but that, well, that's
0: a little better than they normally do, as far as yeah. I know. Medical personnel that come in as a. I better shut up. I don't. But I'd heard that captain is what they give you when you come in just out of college as a doctor. Captain is that right?
1: Generally speaking, yes.
0: Sometimes Uh, major, depending on how bad they want you.
1: Well, yeah. At that point, I wasn't like green out of medical school either. So I had I had some credentials and uh, I had some military experience. And um, well, you'd be a let's face it, they were hard up and. As I was trying to say before, let's not set aside the possibility that because they were recruiters, they were lying out their asshole to me.
0: They could very well have been. They
1: probably were because they, they were recruiters. Worked.
0: Recruiters being famous for that.
1: Yes. They're, they're not the most forthright of individuals, uh, people in the military. Right. Right.
0: And then you would have been put in the unpleasant position of having to come back, hunt
1: them down. And kill them,
0: and you know you didn't want to have to do that. So no, you uh, did the right thing. You did the right. It
1: thing. Was, it was it was never going to happen. Good. It was Good. never going to happen. Good because we. Did th- I did my time in uniform. Yeah, we wouldn't. During peacetime, thank goodness.
0: Yeah, well, it still showed you how to kill people and break things, right? They did. Did you they like did. being in the Marine, Sully? Nobody's talked to you about this. Did you like it? I in the room? liked
1: it more. I liked it more in retrospect. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't until I got out and a little while after I got out that I realized how much I did like it and how important it was, uh, to my development. I was pretty much a punk.
0: Well, um, this is late seventies. You said, so that would have been, uh, you're a little younger than I am. So you would have been just out of high school at yeah. Marine Corps age. And, uh, and I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, it would have been better for me to have come out of high school and gone into the military uh, than it would have been for me to go straight into college, because I was not ready to to go into college. I, I was
1: I wasn't either.
0: And I just was not. I was not in, in in terms of maturity or intellectual development prepared for that. And here I was in college, wasting a bunch of time, treating it like it was the 14th grade, and. Uh, and I should have done the same thing but when I was when I just gotten out of out of high school we had just gotten out of Vietnam and there weren't many people that were in the mood to go in the in the military right. at that point it just was uh everybody had a bad taste in their mouth about it and in retrospect that would have been the smartest thing for me to do is go in grow up and then go to school that's what I should it, have th- done
1: that's what it did for me it it collimated my beam and uh, it, it gave me a lot of life skills that uh, i didn't have up mm-hmm. to that point yeah. and gave me some ambition and uh, really squared me away
0: yeah put some structure into the experience at the same time
1: huh yeah yeah and it was it was good it was a good tour and um like i said it was a peacetime tour i didn't have to kill anybody nobody was trying to kill me except for you know a company sure. sergeant major, he was right. trying to kill me, but other than that, nobody was trying to kill me, and um, so. Well, we're
0: all happy point. they didn't get that done. So, uh, so here we are. It's 2016, and I believe, and you, you, uh, you, you correct me if 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 I'm wrong. I believe we are sitting here, in uh, April, of 2016, on the cusp of a development in uh, the application of exercise, especially in older populations. Now it may be that you and I are being optimistic about that, but I believe that more and more people are beginning to realize that uh, the government's advice to walk from the outside of the parking lot into the store and back out to the car is, Insufficient physical activity to maintain quality of life as we age. And yeah, uh, let's uh, let's talk about that. We seem to have uh, just finished a little project here, haven't we, Doctor Sullivan?
1: We did. We finished a little project. Uh, well, it's almost finished. Um, well, it's it's, kinda... it's in our lap now. You're done. Yeah, now. it's your, it's in <clears> it's in your lap now. Um, You and Asgard um, commissioned uh, Andy Baker and myself uh, to produce um, a volume on training for older adults, strength training for older adults. And Andy and I have been working hard on this for, what has it been, three and a half years? Well,
0: that's probably an exaggeration. I think a year and a half. You guys have been actively writing it for a year and a half it's taking you longer than that
1: yeah 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 i think at a long it. time i think we've been at it for well i've been at it for three years and um there's a funny story um that um i'm not going to share in this forum but uh andy came on andy came on about a year and a half two two years ago because you commissioned us separately to do the same project and then <laughs> i thought you weren't going to share that yeah, that's sort of <clears throat> Well, common. you decided to go ahead. And, <laughs> right. and then, so then we, uh, we, we integrated, we integrated, and I think we, pro- I think we have produced something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Well, do you
0: understand what I did there? I was, I was lying to both of you. I, I, what I said was is Baker, really nobody's, nobody's even attempted to write down all these programs for older people. And I told you, Sully, Nobody's ever talked about the theory and reasoning behind why we ought to do weight training for older people. And so, thus, I built a high level of enthusiasm in these two individual efforts. And then, like a craftsman, I melded
1: you them. Annealed. You annealed, I, I annealed. the two alloys together. right?
0: To welded, melded, reformed into a fiery, hot. Blade of
1: yeah, precision and
0: accuracy and information.
1: Fucking master plan. Absolutely. The way you planned it from the beginning.
0: Yes, the from exact, the very fucking beginning. Exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm
0: glad we didn't reveal anything too uh, embarrassing. So anyway, anyway, anyway the, the the final product, uh, amazingly enough, is. Uh, is quite a piece of work. It's going to take us, due to the uh, advanced nature of this text, it's going to take us a little bit of time to lay it out because it has to be done correctly. And uh, Steph, Dr. Bradford, who, who produces all of the uh, layout, paste-up you see in the books, and who produces the excellent website and the excellent Kindle versions of all these books that all, amazingly enough, work perfectly well on Kindle readers, She's a, a meticulous individual, and when this book is done, uh, it is going to be the only thing in print of its nature, serious training approach to exercise for older people. And uh, the thing's very heavily footnoted. It's heavily annotated. All of the studies are right there for those of you skeptical people to, to, to ver- verify that The statements made against, and as a result, I think what you'll find is is that uh, there is a new sheriff in the county uh, with respect to uh, how to deal with being 65, and uh, this is going to make a big difference. This is going to make a big. It's going to be very difficult to refute a. It's going to be very difficult to refute, and B, it's going to be amazingly easy to implement. Both of which are terribly important components to this thing,
1: and both of which we was is exactly what we all wanted to accomplish with this project. We wanted to, we want first of all, we wanted to end the argument and just say, you know, this is why and. Uh, basically overwhelm people with our argument for why it is uh, that a barbell-based approach to strength training is the exercise prescription for aging adults in the 21st century um, to give them uh, uh, an idea of what what kinds of equipment they're going to need, what kinds of exercises they're going to do, what kind of resources they're going to need, give them an overview of the exercises, and an incredibly in-depth examination of how those exercises are used uh, in a strength training program or exercise prescription depending on how you want to look at it uh, for people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond. And uh, Andy and I are we're really proud of what we what we accomplished and um, we think it will be the definitive text uh, on training for health and for strength and for function for older adults.
0: I don't think there's any thinking about it. I don't think there's anyone that's ever approached it at this level. No one has ever approached it at this level. Hell, the the previous treatment was in practical programming and that consisted of uh, five or six pages. And uh, that was far beyond anything that had ever been written about Right. And here we've got an entire book. And in a nutshell, uh, Probably the the best way to condense uh, a little blurb for the book is that the process of stress recovery and adaptation applies to all living things, including 65-year-old people. And if we correctly manipulate these variables, we produce a healthier organism. By correctly manipulating a disruption in homeostasis. And correctly designing recovery strategies and correctly programming this model for continued linear increases in strength. We produce linear increases in strength and strength is the best thing. So,
1: do you have anything to add to that? Is that concise? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing. Yes. But I think the the... The sort of tack that we take with the whole book is that when we're doing this, we're doing a kind of medicine. We're implementing an exercise prescription. The exercise prescription for the aging adult, whom we call the master's athlete, the exercise prescription for the aging adult or a master's athlete is a training program for strength um, because that because nothing else comes close to a training program with barbells for strength, for Safety for our ability to dose it exquisitely to produce that correct disruption in homeostasis and recovery and adaptation. Nothing else is as comprehensive because as we've made the argument many times before, strength brings power, it brings along endurance, it brings along mobility and balance and body composition and all the general fitness attributes. Um, Nothing else comes close in terms of addressing what we call the sick aging phenotype and the de- the general depredations of aging, and nothing else is as simple and efficient, um, and can be done in you know such little time with so few exercises. Um, so nothing else with, even with comes with such close.
0: inexpensive tools.
1: And yeah, as with, such inexpensive with, with such
0: and inexpensive tools. Exactly. I mean, this is a this is a terribly uh, important component of this that I think that that even you and I overlook sometimes. Uh, if you look at, uh, uh, modern, uh, physical therapy clinics that are, that are devoted to, uh, dealing with the inevitable problems of physical deterioration, uh, we see facilities that have spent half million or a million dollars of somebody else's money on, on this equipment, right? Yeah. Our barbells. Even really expensive barbells are a a tiny fraction of the expense of these things. And with money coming into question more and more as an important part of the equation, barbell training, not only is it more efficient in terms of the results it produces, it's a more efficient way to spend the money that we are going to dedicate to solving problems. It's, it just, they work better and they're cheaper. And those of you that are still on the fence about this uh, are going to have the case made for you very, very shortly. And
1: uh, They're also more economical because unlike all these other implements, they actually work and because they work, they actually get used. They don't gather dust somewhere Um, uh, like, uh, the, you know, you're, you're talking about the thing that you fold up and put under the bed and never gets used. So think about how much money Americans have spent on exercise implements that are gathering dust in closets and garages and basements and attics and things like that. Barbells. I haven't had anybody, um, come in here and start training with us of any age, um, who hasn't been amazed Yes. At what happens here? Amazed. That so, that barbells. The thing about barbells is, is they work and they work fast, and so they get used, which right. also makes them a more economical and powerful. Employee. Well,
0: it certainly makes them a more economical uh, place to spend money than a gym membership, in an eighty billion dollar facility that's full of machines that a person in the demographic that we're talking about won't use, because a they don't work. B, the social atmosphere is intimidating to them, and C, if it doesn't work, and if negative feelings are associated with going there, you're not going to go. And as a result, you sit on the couch and get worse and worse and and worse.
1: And D, it's part of the facility's business model. Business model that you're not going to show up. up. By paying your monthly, yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunately built into the model. That place that also has purple walls, this is why I was so disappointed in your paint job back there, doesn't <laughs> want you to come. They don't want you in the building. All they no. want you in the building to do is to sign up, and that's all. And uh, barbell facilities are, are a completely different, a completely different beast. Uh, much higher usage rates, and the reason for the fact uh, that People who join barbell clubs come to the club is because barbells work. Uh, Rakulia, our our friend Nicholas Rakulia from uh, Saint Vincent College over in Latrobe, PA, has just compiled a study he performed. He's a he's a statistics guy, performed a study off of data he collected from the training log portion of of our uh, boards, our bulletin boards on StartingStrength.com. People go there and post their workouts, and they post them over time, and as a result of that, there's a bunch of data there, it's a bunch of linear data. What he found out was, of course, that most people aren't doing the program the way they should be doing it. What he also found out was this is terribly critical. Despite the fact that most people are doing it wrong, it still works very, very well. This is the remarkable thing about a barbell-based approach to this problem. The the exercises themselves are inherently effective. Even if the programming is stupid, the fact that you're doing below parallel squats makes you better. And uh, our emphasis, of course, is on getting everybody to do these things correctly, and we know how to do it. And I think you'll find that when the book comes out that you can read and you can learn and you can learn how to do it effectively, too. So... What else
1: has anything this this that's actually one of the points that we make in the book yeah. uh, a, a lot of the a lot we do cite a lot of data in the book everything's highly referenced um, we're, we're pretty upfront in the book about the limitations in the exercise science literature they do it wrong and it still works it still works in a whole bunch of different ways. It still makes people stronger. It still improves their insulin sensitivity. It still improves their mobility. It still improves their body composition and their general health. Um, So most of the exercise science literature is using what I call low-dose exercise medicine, right? Low-dose strength training medicine. Mm -hmm. And it still works. So imagine how much is – so people are using homeopathic doses of strength training medicine and it still works. Imagine what happens when you use the medicine at its full dose with the proper route of administration, and the proper programming, and the proper therapeutic targets. Um, then you've got something that's really, really powerful on your hands. And, and that's
0: exactly what the book is about, is why, how, all of this, this properly dosed strength training works so much better than low dose exercise. And uh, I think you'll find that when the book's out, we make quite a case for this. Uh, Sully, sure do appreciate you being with us. Uh, Book will be out. Those of you that are wondering, don't ask me about it on the board. We'll let you know well in advance. It'll be this fall sometime. Uh, It's going to be a complicated project to get the photographs all correct and get it all laid out, pasted up. Get it to the printer. Get it back from the printer. Get it up on Amazon in our store. And generate the Kindle edition. This will be a it's a it's a big project. So we'll get it to you just as quickly as we can. In the meantime, we'll keep you posted about the progress of this at startingstrength.com. And Sully, have you got a website?
1: Graysteel, G-R-E-Y-S-T-E-E-L dot org. Graysteel.org. And if you are in the Detroit metro area
0: and you are over the age of 50. Sully will talk to you. If you're 49 and a half, just wait. Okay? Just wait. Help is on the way. Uh, <laughs> get a hold of Sully and uh, and see what yeah, you can do. Come visit us. Come visit and uh, go visit Sully and, and get him out of the day job uh, a little ahead of schedule, if you don't mind. Thanks for being with us, Sully.
1: Always oh, good talking to you. Dr. Right.
0: Jonathan Sullivan, our good friend in in the Detroit metro area, and we appreciate your joining us on the podcast. We'll see you next time.